0: It's so nice to meet you in person. Very nice to meet you too. Thank you so much for, for this uh, of course. You founded Pigment in 2019, just before COVID. It took you two years to build the platform. Maybe you can kind of center our discussion by talking a little bit about Pigment, why you decided to launch this particular product and why was this, you know, problem the most interesting for you to solve? Sure. So
1: for those who don't know Pigment, Pigment is a SaaS company. We are a business planning platform. So the idea of Pigment uh, at first, so we are two co-founders actually, Roman Nicoli and myself. And when we started Pigment, the main idea was to say, we think decision-making in large companies is most of the time made on inaccurate or incomplete data. So we really wanted basically to solve the problem of decision-making at scale, which is a very, very big uh, issue to tackle. And the idea was to say, how can we create a data platform that can literally be in the hands of any business user of any large company in the world over time, serving not only finance team, but HR team, marketing team, literally bringing data together, people together and processes together to collaborate on the right data and to help people make better decisions. And the reason why we did that is very simple. So on my side, I actually worked for Google, for the EMEA CFO, and then I was actually at Index Ventures with Ari that, uh, that we mentioned in the, in the previous talk. And I realized that, you know, at, at large companies like Google or at fast-growing companies uh, that we are backing at Index, that was a big problem. My co-founder, Roman was actually the co-founder and CTO of Criteo. And Criteo is a company that IPO'd now 10 years ago. And I think, you know, from his experience at Microsoft and then at Criteo, he realized that that was probably one of the biggest issues to solve today in any company in the world. So we wanted to have a large ambition, solve a very big
0: problem. And that's what we did. As I understand it, there's a lot of potential for this particular product and there's lots of opportunity to expand in other different areas. What would you say is some of the kind of short term or maybe longer term goals that you have for the product? Yeah, Uh, so
1: short term, uh, the main thing we are trying to do with Pigment is first of all to be in the hands of every single Fortune 500 company, every single uh, CAC 40 company and basically build the platform that can serve all of these large companies. So that means that basically we are working on two main areas. One is the power of the platform, the scalability of the platform to serve you know, any team in any of these large companies. And the second is the simplicity of the platform and the fact that we want to make it very collaborative. So that means we are building, we have a very big roadmap around AI, but we are also thinking about the platform as a multi-product platform. So that means that we are literally building a product that is pigment for HR a product that is pigment for marketing, product pigment for finance, pigment for everything. And that's really the way we are thinking about the pigment short term. And Obviously, long term, what we will do, we'll go way, way, way beyond planning. We are pushing the boundaries of planning to the maximum. And we want to go in the boundaries of the ERP, the HRIS, et cetera. So there are a lot of things that we're going to accomplish, I think, in the next couple of years.
0: So you're one of the fastest growing SaaS companies in Europe right now. You've raised... 248 million, if I'm correct, and also growing to 300 employees in the last three to four years. What are some of the lessons that you've learned from this like kind of fast growth stage that you think might be critical for other founders to hear?
1: Very good question. So I would say one of the biggest learning is the people you hire. Seems like a very easy answer, but I think some things that people are always amazed when we talk to either customers, partners, people in the ecosystem, like, you know, candidates, is really that we put the highest of the highest bar. And I would say not only in terms of the skills, the expertise, and you know, we really try to hire people that have like 10, 15, 20 years of experience in our space, but also in the fact that we wanted them all to fit our company values. And there is something that we've done really well is what we call the bar raiser interview, where literally at the end of every interview process, we put candidates on the grill to make sure that they actually fit the values that we want at the company. That's the number one. The number two is being customer-centric. And I mean, that seems very simple again, but you have no idea how many SaaS companies I've met that are not customer-centric. That means that my time, I spend at least 30% of my time with customers. There the is a user experience To give you an example, we had a management on site this week. We spent literally one day only talking about customer experience, lifetime cycle of a customer. How can we serve better a customer from when he's a prospect to when he buys pigment, to when he implements pigment, to when pigment is live? And that's, I think, the the care that we've put into that customer journey made our customer our largest ambassador. And I'm going to tell you something. We didn't have a head of marketing up until six months ago because our customers were our best marketers. They were the biggest ambassador of Pigment and they created such a world of mass that it has been so powerful. And we've done the same with our partners. We've done the same with obviously our team members. And I think these were the big, big, big power of the company so far.
0: You mentioned team um, as in the people that you hire, but I guess a lot of the success of a company is also the founding team. And you've spoken a bit already about your co-founder and co-CEO, Romain, who's also exited his own company before. And, um, you know, I spoke to one of your early investors and I asked them, why did you invest in this company? And they said that one of the things was because of this incredibly close relationship that you have um, with Romain. So what do you think it takes to kind of find that perfect co-founder and then build this incredible functional relationship that you two clearly seem to have?
1: Yeah, so uh, first of all, so uh, I think, you know, I'm one of the luckiest person in, in the world and uh, I have to say, yeah, the, the success of Pigment is largely, largely due to Roman, because the only reason why we are successful today is because of our platform and the engineering team is put together. And so today with Roman, we are actually co-CEO, which is something that is pretty unusual. And um maybe one advice I will give to people that want to start their own company is, That before you start a company, if you want to have a co-founder, spend time together. But what I mean spend time together is not spend like a few meetings here and there, spend one month, two months working together. Spend time before you hire your first employee. And with Roma, we have been very, very lucky because actually before starting Pigment, we literally spent nine months, just the two of us, thinking about what we wanted to do together and thinking about how we could design in the best possible way this company. What, you know, basically we talked to like hundreds of customers, hundreds of partners, hundreds of people in the ecosystem. And what was pretty cool in that journey was really to get to know each other and see if the feeling was mutual. And we had been very clear from day one that in these nine months, if something would go wrong, we would stop the relationship immediately. And um, the way, you know, it, it actually started is that for me, it was actually a dream to work with Romain, because I think that Romain was one of the uh, the best, if not the best CTO, you know, that had ever created a unicorn in Europe. And, uh, you know, when I met him, you know, I, I had done my wish list of like, who do I want to work for? And he was the number one. And, you know, I think that's also something is like, like, do not hesitate to go for the people you dream of working with because, you know, the chemistry can be there. So that's the first thing. Spend time together. Try to find someone that you dream of working with and really understand is a personality fit. Where we are very lucky with Romain is that there are a lot of complementary things that we do together. First of all, he's 10 years older than me, so his experience goes way beyond mine, right? So he has scaled the company from zero to post IPO. You know, he has seen so many mistakes. And I bring something totally different. You know, I think I bring actually both my uh, optimism over here. I'm, I'm always a little bit overly optimistic compared to him. And I think, you know, this duo is fantastic because we have very, very clear ownership of areas where, you know, elite tech product, he leads HR, I lead the rest. And basically that works super well because our areas of responsibility are very well defined. And what makes us stronger than, you know, anybody else on earth is that we challenge ourselves every day to the max. We just work together as team players every day. And we really try to always say, how can we do better? How can we do better? And be very honest to each other. And I think, you know, again, I am definitely a thousand times more lucky than he is because he's just extraordinary. So it's easy for me to say that it works well.
0: Sounds a bit like a romantic relationship. It's just something you have to kind of put like constant work into, I guess, and stay that aligned. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's actually the opposite of romantic in the
1: sense that uh, we have so much objectivity in everything we do that, you know, the transparency is just here every day and Perhaps a romantic relationship is about transparency as well, I don't know. But I think actually it's the contrary, that there is no emotion in anything we do. We try to always take a step back. We don't take ourselves seriously at all. We are always like, you know, how can we do better challenging ourselves, saying the truth to each other? And it works really well. But, you know, I I know that that doesn't work really well for everybody, but that's the way we work.
0: So I want to focus um, on the other side of this equation, which is hyperscaling family yeah. as well. And correct me if I'm wrong, but you actually raised a Series B round three weeks after having your twins. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, it's true. But Which uh, sounds like a crazy whirlwind.
1: Yeah, but honestly, I don't think it's a good example for you. <laughs> because it's not uh, something I would recommend to anybody having twins in the room. No, honestly, it's... <laughs> Uh, the, the reality is that, uh, so I had twins in 2021. And what happened is that uh, with Roman, we are a planning company and we are planning founders. So we are super conservative and probably a lot more conservative than other people. Basically, we have always been preempted when we, we never fundraise properly. I never actually did a fundraising deck of my whole life, which is great. It's a uh, great time saved. But actually, we have always been very conservative in our journeys, always saying, okay, if someone preempts us at a point where we still have all the cash from the past two fundraising, but we think it's a good moment to raise, let's do it. And what happened is that, uh, uh, so I had my twins and we got interest from like, U- US investors at that time. And it was 2021 and the market starting to like get on a very, very good edge. And we are like, we never know how long it's going to last. And so obviously it was supposed to be on my We were like, wow. Well, you know, if tomorrow the market is over because of COVID or whatever, perhaps time is now to do something great. And, you know, we are still pre-product, pre-everything, pre-product market cheese. we had zero customer. So we're like, well, anyway, let's do it now. So, but honestly, I wouldn't advise that to anyone. The only good thing is that, you know, when you're newly mom, like, you know, when they were my first kids, you want to be efficient, you have no time. I was super tired. So I was like, you know what, like, give me give me a term sheet in an hour. I sign, go, let's move on. Due deal in a month max and let's go. Because honestly, uh, that's, and I have to say that since then, it has always been the case. We had Iconic actually in the last round. And I was super thankful to Seth and, and Matt because uh, they did it the same way. You know, we did the uh, due deal in uh, 10 days, I think. So it was very short. And uh, that's very good when you can move forward with the business.
0: So Yeah, absolutely. But how do you kind of, you know, as an entrepreneur of a fast-growing business, how do you actually keep your mental health and well-being kind of in check when you've got all these different kind of plates spinning? Yeah, well, I think, you know, uh,
1: if I think about what we do uh, and if I think about what the other speech was about just before, global warming, you know, when you think about health, about global warming, there are topics in this world that would probably keep me up at night more than doing a SaaS business, right? I think what is really great about what we do is that... uh, you are allowed not to take yourself too seriously, right? It means that uh, every day, you are allowed to take a step back on what you do, because if I don't sign this customer tomorrow, I can tell you nobody will die, right? It will be similar story everywhere. The world will keep running. And it's the same if a relationship goes west with a partner, everything will, will go well. So I think that helps a lot is that at the end of the day, What we do if every day we think that, you know, we shouldn't take ourselves too seriously and that we are just trying our best and that, you know, we have no regrets in the way we build the company, then everything is fine. So that's really the way I've tried to think about pigment every day. And I think the only thing that worries me is when I have an issue, when an employee comes to me with a personal issue or something that is, you know, a real life problem. But otherwise, uh, it's very easy. And I have to say that honestly. Between my family and the company,
0: I have not even one second to think about my own mental health. So at least <laughs> it keeps me moving. Yeah, as a female founder, it's probably a question that's fired at you quite a lot. Like, how are you taking care of your family and then also like running a business? Like, how do you feel about that? Because yeah. it seems like this is not something that is necessarily you know a question that's of, often asked of men.
1: Honestly, the reality is that uh, I mean, I do like everybody else. Right, like I have to cope with uh, a very very busy life. Uh, I didn't do children not to take care of them, so I'm super organized more than uh, probably a lot of people uh, uh, on earth, meaning that, you know, uh, my schedule is the same every day. I am super, super diligent of being with my kid in the morning, being with my kid in the evening. I actually try more than me traveling. I have a lot of my team members traveling to me, same with customers, same with partners. So I travel as little as possible so that I spend as much time as possible with my family. Because already, you know, uh, I travel too much compared to what I would like to. And so I think as a founder, it's all about making choices. It's all about being efficient. And, you know, it's just about working hard. Every day is like the same. My routine, see my kid, go to work. See my kid work again, and, and 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 off you go, and it just means sacrifice, right? So it's, it's like, of course, uh, I don't see as much as I want my friends or the people in life, but that's life. You will just disappoint a few people along the way, but. Uh, that's uh, what you have to do for a few years while your company is fast growing. So.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So just to wrap up then, as a founder right yeah. now, you probably don't see that kind of like breakneck growth, right? That um, we saw kind of in 2020, 2021. Yeah. Sometimes it's hard to like celebrate those like small wins. How can founders kind of celebrate success during this time and kind of keep themselves?
1: Yeah, about- well, I think yeah, it's it's obviously difficult times and it's a macroeconomic environment. It's, it's clearly not easy for a lot of companies out there, but I think... Uh, Uh, I mean, there are still ways to celebrate your success every day, right? Meaning that uh Every new customer for a SaaS business, every new, you know, whatever, like milestone that you achieve. I think, you know, it's even more rewarding in this microeconomic environment to be able to achieve some, some, you know, little steps in your journey. In order to cope in that environment, like just focus again. I would just say, you know, focus on your customers, focus on what matters the most. Obviously, you know, I've, we have heard a lot about being lean, being efficient. I actually see positive signs right now in the VC market and in general in the U.S. about the market kicking back up. So, you know, I think there are positive signs that every company will, uh, will start being in a, in a pretty good shape again. So I think it's about, you know, staying strong in that uh, environment. And stay tuned. All right.
0: Thanks very much, Eleanor. Thank you. Thank you so much.